Are you okay? Don't care. Great. Bring on the bubbly. Babe. <laughs>
that's kind of how I've been finding the joy. I do like looking back, obviously looking at the posts and just like reflecting on my month. I did kind of like have a slow month, if that makes sense. Like I only worked out twice, which is fine. I wish it was more, but I just like felt the need to kind of rest and veg and just like cook and be a little crazy, but also just like not try to spiral so much, if that makes sense. So I really like, you know, took a step back. Um, and I really hope that you guys did too. And just like, just look back on your month and just be like, okay, am I, what did I learn? What was the high? What was the low? And you know, did, what did I do to take a step closer to that goal that I have and yada, yada, yada. You know, I saved some money. I booked some trips. I did some reading again. Like I love reading guys. And for whatever reason, like when I'm on the ship, I find it really hard to read, which is hilarious because you do have the time to read and this like beautiful view of the ocean to read in front of. But for whatever reason, like I only read when like I feel chill because my mind just go, go, goes. And I'll find myself like, you know, you know, when you just find yourself reading the same page over and over again, you're like, wow, I shouldn't be reading right now. So, so yeah, just really finding the happiness and the mundane and the in-between and, um, living for today. Let's go. Let's be woo-woo. Um, so the peak of my month, Podsters, was definitely going to Vegas with my mom. It was super last minute. Um, and if you want to know all about my mom's story and what she does, tune into episode two of my podcast, one of my favorite episodes, and you can, you know, hear her story with entrepreneurial... Wow. Can never say that word. Her story as an entrepreneur. And so basically, mom convinced me to join her in Vegas, um for the Fancy Food Show. Now, the Fancy Food Show happens every single year, and basically, it's a show, a trade show, where vendors from all around the world come to, like, showcase and represent their product and basically do business deals. And there's everything under the sun, guys. So my mom had one of her products there. Um, She's representing this company who does seaweed snacks and seaweed crunch and all that good stuff. It's so, so, so good. So she was there for them and to build other... um, business relationships and watching her do her thing. My gosh, it is so fucking funny. Like my mom is so old school guys. She will just go up to a booth and like vendors and just be like, so you have any interest in getting into Costco? Like she just cuts to the chase. Whereas they're like, oh, where can I find you on the app? Let me scan your badge. And my mom's like, no, I don't do any of that tech stuff. Like email me. It's just so funny to watch you know, how people like do business and how people work and everyone's differently. But now like cohesively, you know, technology has kind of taken over and everyone does things with an app or, you know, Slack or have, you know, Zoom calls. She's like, why does everyone need to do a Zoom call? Like the pandemic is like done. I mean, it's not done, done, but you know, she's like, we don't need to Zoom. Like, let's just pick up the phone and call each other. And I'm just like, no mom, like FaceTime or die. So it's so, it's so fascinating to watch her. Obviously she's been, you know, encouraging me to learn and join the family business. And I can see myself doing it, like, especially the way that she is basically selling herself, just like actors do, just like teachers do. It's like, you are, you know, as much as you're not the product, you're, you know, the face behind the business. So it's all about like, you know, energy and wanting to work with certain people and believing in certain products. So we found some good heavy hitters. Uh, we ate our faces off. My favorite section of the trade show was definitely the Italian section because, you know, Europeans just do stuff so differently. So for example, guys, like all the American booths and like the North American booths, like, you know, people are standing up. They're very much like in your face, like quick, you know, turn around, try this, take my business card. Whereas like you go to the European section of the show, especially the Italians, and they all have like little chairs and tables set up. So if you're going to do like a business meeting with them or even chat about anything related to the product, they want to sit down with you. It's like so different. They want to like get to know you, sit down with you, be more relaxed. Like, you know, there's cheese and charcuterie. And then there was like a little booth of wine and coffee. And then the fucking guy who was the brand ambassador for the coffee company I used to work with on Cruise Line. Like, it's just so funny. It's so full circle. Like, the world is so small. So it was a really fun trip. It was very different from my other <laughs> Vegas trips, which I've kind of, you know, I've kind of touched on. My feral, like, single girl Vegas trip, first time there. Then I went for uh, my girl Jill's bachelorette. So, you know, very different style of trip. It was also quite cold. 
in Vegas in January. So that was interesting. I'm like, of course, we come to Vegas and it's freezing. Love. And we ate our faces off, you know, wined and dined, you know, had some really nice mother-daughter time. My mom's cousin came up. We got matching, you know, cartilage piercings. Um, and then on the last night, mom wasn't really doing, like, feeling too hot. Um, so I was like, you know what? It's our last night in Vegas. Like, I'm not going to, you know, chill in the hotel room. So I bought myself a ticket to Cirque du Soleil. And guys, I am very embarrassed to say this publicly, being from Montreal. Like, this is the, that was the first time I ever saw a Cirque show. Now you're going to be like, how? Like, you literally grew up in Montreal, but it just never happened. I remember I had tickets to one of them and it got canceled or something happened. But I'm obsessed. Like, I was blown away, and I knew I would be. But the shit that they're doing up there, guys, is, like, truly next level. And I just love clown, and that's kind of, like, initially what I wanted to do with my career. And um, it's an amazing show. I was sitting front row, which was fucking awesome. I had gotten a last-minute, like, solo ticket for, like, under $100. Took an edible. was just, like, having the time of my life. Um, took myself out to dinner as well, something everyone should do. You know, spend some alone time off your phone. See where your mind goes. So, no worries. Obsessed. <laughs> and so, let's get into the low points of the month. So, looking back, I... So, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of suffer from hangover anxiety. So for example, obviously the older you get, the harder it is to drink and this, that, and the other. And, you know, you kind of lose interest in going out every weekend. And, you know, sometimes these nights are few and far between so that when they happen, you know, I try not to get too down on myself, but I just hate wasting time. Like there's nothing I hate more than like waking up and being hungover and then like letting that entire day suffer for it. And it happens. Like it's not the end of the world, but I did have a day like that during this month and I was just like beating myself up over it. I'm like, why can't you control yourself? Like why uh, don't, you know, don't let yourself have too much fun. Like you have so much shit going on. Like you're going to sell yourself back. And it's like, that's not true. Like I don't have a problem. I'm fine. So why can't I go out and have a good time with friends and then like be a vegetable the next day? Like that's really okay. I don't make a habit of it out of it. But at the same time, like I can't help but like write that story in my head that I'm a piece of shit. So that that happened and then it just kind of set me into like a couple of days of like anxiety of just like oh yeah well if you hadn't done that you could have done this and been more you know productive and you would maybe you'd be more ahead in your in in this and it's like that just that doesn't serve you it already happened and you had fun so what does it fucking matter you know so that was kind of my low point so full transparency um and then you know we're at the end of the month and I've got a whack ton of guests lined up for the show, which I'm really excited about that go hand in hand, hand in hand with the finding joy and living in the present theme that we're all on together. So that brings me to today's guest, Stephanie. So she's a dear friend of mine. She was back on the show, um, in 2021, where we just kind of did like a baseline episode about finances because she had launched her podcast and her platform called The Finance Diaries. So we did a little collab and I wanted to bring her back on to see where she's at with her life and her finances because she's gone through a massive change. She has a really big announcement that she's sharing for the first time today on my show, which is pretty dope. And we talk about finding joy with our finances. So you know, really exciting stuff. And just to kind of like segue into the interview, ways that like I find joy with finances is when I kind of trick the system and I save money. So a good example of that is with food waste. So you guys know I'm passionate about the environment. I love to cook and I just love to like use what you have, just like that fucking budget friendly TikToker Alex from the East Coast. She's all about use what you have, use what you have. It's like we have pantries and fridges full of food, except we throw so much of it like out every single week. So when I can like use what I have and use something to its full potential, it literally brings me joy. For example, croutons, biggest waste of money, biggest waste of money. I'm telling you, you could make a better crouton better than any crouton you could ever buy. Okay. I don't even know how much they go for now because I've never purchased them in my life, but basically 
any leftover bread that you have, bread that's gone stale, maybe has a little bit of mold on it, cut it off. The ends of bread, you could literally make croutons, guys. You chop it up, you toss it in salt, pepper, garlic, powder, olive oil, literally whatever you want. You could make these like crazy ass Cajun croutons if you wanted to, and you pop them in the oven for literally eight minutes at like 400 and there you go, croutons for your Caesar salad. Like, please stop buying croutons. It is literally the biggest waste of money, waste of plastic, waste of food. Um, little things like that. And then I posted two TikToks. My TikTok is at Teeny Time about how you can make the most out of your Costco $8 rotisserie chicken. Absurd, sure. But, like, you can make broth. You can make chicken salad. You can make chicken skins. Like, there's so much that you can do with, you know, the chicken that you usually just end up throwing out after you've eaten all the good shit off of it. Like, no, we need to be using things to their full potential because, again, it's it's all connected. She's going to start to get woo-woo, but it's like, we're animals. We're all connected. This is the earth. We were given everything that we need to survive on this planet, so why do we keep ruining it? Like, here we go, going into a tailspin. So let's welcome Stephanie. Hello, Stephanie. Welcome back to the show. It's been a minute since we chatted with you. Truly, it has, but it's great to be back. Yes. So, Podsters, we spoke with Steph back in what? 2021. We were deep in the we were deep in the pandemic still in Canada, of course. Um, and we discussed money meets mental health. Stephanie has her very own podcast. She's a financial coach. So why don't you let the podsters who may not know you, what you are actually do, what you're all about. Okay. So, um, I have a regular job. I'm an, I'm a tech consultant. And then on the side, one of my passion projects is just to help people understand personal finances better. I find that the issue with personal finance that we kind of say, Oh, like maybe even you're thinking that right now is that we don't understand things because it's very like gatekeep, like finance bro community. And we are scared to learn because we're scared to feel like vulnerable and not understand things. And what I do is I kind of become your, your middleman in breaking things down and not gatekeeping finance knowledge, just helping things be more like bite-sized and understandable. I love that. And I love the word gatekeeping too, because even me growing up or even now, sometimes I don't want to share that restaurant with someone or sometimes I'm like, what's wrong with me? Like the, the more, the merrier, like it all comes out. Exactly. Wash, right. And especially with finances too, that's such a misconception is like, there absolutely is enough of the pie for everyone. There's not a finite amount of money that exists that a single person can generate and you having knowledge and your neighbor having knowledge and your best friend having knowledge doesn't stop any of you from reaching your potential. If anything, you're helping each other by speaking about finances because maybe they made a mistake that you can avoid now. So, it's all a momentum too. And that goes hand in hand with the theme of like this season and this year for me, which is finding joy and, and again, understanding that there is enough to go around, that you're not too old, that you can start now. Your life isn't over. <laughs> like we can all win together. And I, the society has taught us, you know, the latter. So last we spoke, Steph, just so I can get a little update myself as well. You were living in Montreal it was the pandemic. You had kind of just started this finance diary side hustle. And now you're living on the East Coast while well, you're splitting your time. So why don't you just update us on where you're at, especially with your finances too? Right. So my how far we've come since then. Literally. Um, so many changes since then. And I guess part of the finance diaries is that like finances are always a learning journey. And I'm always sharing my learning as I go along. So essentially what happened since we last spoke is I had a bit of a menti bee, went on a uh, road trip with my dog in an RV to Atlanta, Canada, and kind of just reconnected with the ocean. I've always wanted to live like by the ocean in Australia or Israel or wherever I wanted to live. Um, and I was like, okay, well, this is close enough pandemic wise. Uh, I'll figure the rest out later. And I had a, quite a few friends there. And I decided to stay. And then all of a sudden, I realized that there was a huge opportunity in real estate on the East Coast. Uh, it was kind of just like the untapped side of Canada. Everyone's obsessed with BC. It's so beautiful. Um, but so is the East Coast. Yes. And it was a lot more affordable. So I started seeing a lot of opportunities. And I bought a condo 
that was next to two major universities. And I thought like, okay, I'll at least live here now. If I decide to go back to Montreal, um, I could always rent it out. It's very rentable uh, in a great part of town. And then I came back for the holidays. So this was um, a, a, just a bit over a year ago. And I was having the floors changed and just ma making it nicer. It wasn't a bidding war. It was like one of those properties no one wanted to buy because the entire unit flooring looked like a pattern of vomit. So Lovely. <laughs> for some reason, someone decided to make that a floor tile. And just by changing that out, uh, it made it so much nicer. So the day I came back from Montreal and moved into this unit, I found a oceanfront property, which was my dream. Uh, that was for sale. And my broker, when I told her I wanted to visit it the next day, didn't even like, didn't even want to listen to me because she's like, there's no way you're going to buy something else immediately. And I was like, if you don't book it, I'll book it with someone else. So the next day hey. I went and I went to this property and I had like all these doubts in my head as I was driving up there. I was telling my friend who came with me, like, I don't know, like everything hasn't worked out so far because I've made so many offers on oceanfront properties. I was in these bidding wars. Um, it just really wasn't wasn't working in my favor. And people kept telling me on the Finance Diaries, it's a great community of like supportiveness towards like everyone. I share people's problems sometimes, share my own, and people are very supportive. And everyone kept saying the same thing. What's meant to be for you will come to you. So I arrive at this house. It is absolutely perfect. It's actually two oceanfront houses being sold together. And uh, there were no other offers for a variety of reasons. First of all, it was a big project. One of them wasn't winterized. Okay. And also it was like full like peak of Omicron and people on the East Coast are very scared of COVID. So no one wanted to like do anything or make like, big purchases because they just didn't know what was going to happen to the world. So a mix of opportunity and uh, a lot of elbow grease that I got that place under asking price, turned the bigger oceanfront house, like the one right on the ocean into an Airbnb, which absolutely killed it this summer. And then I lived on the one behind. So that's what happened that's to the condo. The condo has a long-term renter in it, so I wanted to kind of uh, spread out my risk between a long-term rental and a short-term rental. And the girl who's there is super happy. She wants to sign for another year, and I'm getting like an insane rental price. She's paying eighteen fifty for a one-bedroom that's in a basement. It's a nice basement. It's big. It's seven hundred fifty right. square feet, and it's downtown. But can you believe I paid two fifty-five for that condo? Well, that's it. That's like, it's like, <laughs> you know, Toronto now basement apartments are 2100. So I, I can see the rest of Canada like following suit. It's funny. I'm starting to kind of tie all the pieces together because I do remember you working on a basement unit and I do remember the oceanfront more than anything, but you technically yeah. have three properties. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> wow. Well, congrats, babe. That's so huge. So yeah. Why don't you share with us the joy that that's brought you, how you kind of got there, because we want to tie this all in. Like you said, finances yeah. are super scary. People don't know where to start. They get severely overwhelmed. Like I've diagnosed myself with so much procrastination anxiety. I'll start next week. I'll start tomorrow. I'll do this later. Like I can't get shit done. I get so overwhelmed by my to-do list. I get overwhelmed by the podcast. So <laughs> it's like... Where do you start? Where can we start with a smile on our faces when we're like going into our online banking and we're making those decisions? I think that it, it is a different start line for everyone. Some people might have been like dabbling in investing. Maybe you have a savings account or maybe like you're deep in the red and you have so much debt that that's what's overwhelming you. I think that everyone def definitely starts in different places. And the most important thing to know is that wherever you are on the spectrum, you can turn it around. Personally, um, I I was a big saver my whole life, but I wasn't that much of an investor. And I think what sparked joy for me was the thought that I could one day have my money making me money, that I wouldn't actually need to use a single cent from my paycheck to support myself in my daily life. And that was like, in my head, that like the, the journey towards that was sparking joy. I don't know if that's normal, well, it's but extremely liberating too, right? <laughs> exactly. 
And I'm, I'm in tech and tech, as we've heard, like in the last little bit, massive amounts of layoffs. And with anything like at the beginning of COVID, how many people learned that their job is way more disposable than than they thought that they were or the fear of not feeling like you had enough emergency savings to cover yourself or like even if it wasn't losing your job, maybe it's because you need to take care of an elderly parent, all these kinds of things. To feel like that sense of financial freedom is so incredibly like <laughs> sparking all of the joy in my body. Um, it, it means that I can do the things that I want to do and not things that I feel like I have to do. And just to give you some some context, because I know there's could be someone that's listening to this that's 80 years old and or maybe like 60 or 50 or whatever and feels like they're they're too old to start. Well, like I want to say that the majority of my financial success has been like a three year development. Like that's not a huge timeline. Right. And three three years is going to pass whether you want to take your finances in control or not. Literally, so, like you're going to live years. it anyways. So like, <laughs> exactly. Why, yeah. why not start now, right? So, okay. So my next question for you, Steph, is let's say you're someone who is deep in the red, okay? Let's say you're someone, let's start on that side of the spectrum, right? They're listening to this and they're like, okay, well, I can't even fucking relate. These are two girls who are talking about how great their lives are or whatever. <laughs> and like, I'm over here with 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, God knows, I don't know, you know what I mean? Student loans and this, that, and the other in debt. What what is the first thing that they can do to kind of alleviate some of the anxiety and find joy in bringing themselves back up to neutral or to whatever? What would you call that? <laughs> yeah, to to just be like I guess in in the in the black or the green, I guess right. whichever you want to call it. Got I it. think that that's definitely I very understandably an extremely overwhelming place to be. I have the same thing that you're talking about before, like getting overwhelmed and just like spiraling. And I, I like to take the example of when I used to clean my room. So when I was a kid, cleaning my room was so overwhelming because I would just look at the entire room. I would yeah. look at the entire like debt in this case, right? Like I would see the situation as a whole, which obviously like you, Rome was not built in a day. Uh, my room was not cleaned in a day and your finances won't be rebuilt in a day. You need to kind of find those little zones that you can focus on and that you can work and improve on. So there's a lot of different methods that, that would go towards uh, how to get out of that situation. One of them is like the snowball method. So you start with the highest interest rate. Maybe you have really high uh, credit card debt um, and then maybe your student loans are a bit less expensive. So you could try to go all in at once onto one of them. You can kind of figure out how to like shuffle your payments around all that stuff. So that's like the debt side of things. And then the other side of getting out of debt, I think that the biggest joke that people will tell you is that you need to reduce your expenses because that's the most hard thing to do. Like if you're used to, I mean, obviously if you're, if you're well beyond your means, like you need to calm down a bit, but it's a lot easier to make more money than it is to reduce your expenses. And I know that there's people rolling their eyes at that. Yeah. Even like, me a little bit. I'm like, okay, well what? Like there's, there's people that are selling, like they make a free Canva account and they make a sign to post in Airbnbs. This is just an example of I things know, that I've I personally seen bought. This. And they, they go on Etsy and they, they make $500 of sales a week. And that, that's, that's five minutes of work. You just needed to make it, put it onto the site, put the right like SEO information. And then there's, there's money being made. That's like completely passive income, but there's so many other different things that you can do also. Like you, you can walk dogs. That was something I did personally trying to, to save more money during COVID um, I was working from home. I was doing a dog daycare. You probably saw the Instagram stories of that. I would have like seven dogs in my house. Literally. I was and... like, is she okay? I mean, I've done it too, <laughs> right? So I know. Exactly. So there's there's just that attitude of trying to think of things that you can do to make more money. And I actually, just to plug in my own podcast here, and in May um, last year, I did like of 2021, I did a make more money month of May and how to find like your perfect side hustle, how to find that extra income that you can go towards paying these debts off. And then once they're paid off, that's just extra money in your pocket. So it's even better then. Well, that's it. So you're very much of the, instead of reducing your expenses, make more money. 
obviously great to do both, but yes. a lot easier to make more money. Definitely. And I know you're constantly talking about, you have a term for it when you start to make more money and you change your lifestyle, lifestyle creep, I think. Yes. Yes. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Because how do we right, find so, joy with that? So let's say you start making a lot more money and you're super happy because you can go for these dinners. You can buy the things you've always wanted to buy and this, that, and the other. We, how do we rewire to find the joy to like not do that or to not do that too much? Yeah. So that one is hard because that's what I was just referring to before about cutting your expenses. Once you let yourself do those things, it's so hard to scale back because you've like, you've tasted caviar. Now that's all you want, right? Totally. Like no matter what it is, um, it, it, things are a lot easier to let go of a lot harder to let go of my apologies. So if you're, let's say you get a raise or you change jobs or like maybe you got rid of your, you got rid of your student expenses and now you want to start like acting like the business corporate person or whatever it is that you are or that you feel you should be. And like, it just becomes so difficult because let's say you start doing those, um, those like happy hours every week and you follow happy hour with like a really nice supper. And then maybe uh, you don't feel like cooking. And then it just kind of becomes a habit. Every Saturday I don't cook, I get this, I go to this restaurant or I get this takeout. And you start doing these things. Um, I have a friend of mine who um, graduated from medical school and said, well, I have a paid off like older car, but I'm a surgeon and now I need to drive a surgeon's car. And I said, but what's a surgeon's car? Like, does, is there a category? And just starting to get more and more expenses being tacked on that you feel like you either are like deserve or that you feel like you should be like broadcasting out to the world or that you feel like it'll make you happy. There's tons of reasons why our, we get this lifestyle creep. But the problem happens is that let's say you, um, you want to do something financially with your life. You want to buy a house or you, um, you want to have kids or maybe even just like a, a vacation and you're looking at stuff and you're thinking maybe I can't really afford this based on how I'm spending or even worse. Maybe you want to, you want to like change jobs. You, you realize your job makes you unhappy. This happens so much. Your job makes you unhappy. You want to go into a different industry, but you'll be making a lot less money, but you can't afford the lifestyle that you've now gotten used to. Mm. And that's where lifestyle creep becomes such a problem is that as you, as you want to do these different phases of your life, you're so used to what you're spending that it's so hard to scale back. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that stuff. <laughs> no, 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 I don't I mean, like it for either. Me, I'm just kind of used to having this inconsistent income with what I do. So I know when we first connected, like that was my biggest challenge. I was like, and I think we talked about this on our first podcast together where I was like, okay, well, what about, what do contract based people do? Gig based workers, shift workers. It's like, you're making a different amount every time. So you know, it's like putting a little bit of money away this time. It's like, just because you booked that commercial and you made seven K like does not mean you're going to go on a trip with that, put that away, act like it never happened kind of thing. Right? Like that's how you get ahead in these industries, but it's just so much easier said than done. Right. And I think Definitely. for me, it's like finding that one thing. So let's say, for example, I think of my boyfriend and his cars and his car obsession, right? If that brings him joy, to like be obsessed with his car and like have a nice car and love his car. Great. But then that's going to be the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas me, I drive this, I have a great car. It's a Jetta. It's whatever. I don't care. It doesn't make me feel less than or better than I'm just like, this gets me from point A to point B. It's safe. It's nice. It's clean. Love it. The payments are great. You'd be so proud of me. But then I'm the one who wants to go for steak tartare and oysters and cocktails. So it's like, it's just kind of finding what that kind of financial vice is for you and maybe just sticking to one, like, is that bad or good advice? Like, I don't know. Like, that's how I rationalize it in my head. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I have like my deal breaker category and Ooh. my, 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 like in my budget that I, I, it doesn't matter. Like if I maybe one month spend more or like things get shuffled around and I need to cut something, my travel category does not ever get reduced really? like that is important to me that sparks my joy um it, it's important to me and I think that like if we if we kind of switch into budgets because like paying back debt all that stuff and going out for oysters and cars there are like 
there are so many people that are afraid of budgets because they feel like it's limiting, but like your self-care, your spa day, your massage, your therapy, your nails, your lashes, all your stuff, if you can fit it into your budget, then like that's your budget. It's your own. That's why it's personal finances. It's entirely personal to you. So if you love those oysters and you love that tartare and you love those nights out, there's, there's nothing saying that like to be good with money, you can't spend it. Like it just needs to be like within your budgeting standard that you have for yourself. Maybe one month you're going to, I don't know, drive a bit less and spend less on gas. And you're like, hmm, okay, can pick up some some tartare tonight or like go out or whatever it is. Or just literally fit a tartare category into your budget <laughs> if that's what you want. Literally the tartare budget. So me. I love that. The tartare sinking fund. <laughs> you're like, teeny, teeny, how's your emergency fund? I don't care about your tartare fund. How is your emergency fund doing? <laughs> Um, that one's important too. <laughs> yes, of course. No, I love that analogy. So you said you don't need to not, what did you say? You said you don't need to spend money. You don't need to not spend to be good at budgeting. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that like what, what on earth could be the joy? Like I know there, there are some people like that. There's some financial influencers out there that they do not spend a single cent. I remember following someone that I had to unfollow because he was so anti-debt. He paid off his mortgage in like six and a half years. They were like borderline eating ramen every day, but making like $150,000. And I was just like, this is not a life. Like you're not enjoying yourself. You could die like, tomorrow. This doesn't, this doesn't look like any fun at all. And exactly. I mean, yes, you, there's, there's, I think there's a happy medium. There's the people that are like, I could die tomorrow. I don't care about my money. And then there's the people that are like, I care about my money and I want to retire in 10 years. So I'm going to like the whole um, millennials that uh, the, the concept of fire, if you've heard that. Yeah. Um, you've talked about it. That you basically do go like um, crazy, like extremely strict budgeting, like saving 85% of your income so that you can retire early. But then again, like to me, I just don't think that that's enjoyable because I don't think I should spend like my twenties, thirties being miserable because I might be happy in my 40s. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. Well, and how about that, right? It's like some people love their jobs. And I love how you're really highlighting personal finances and how there isn't a right or wrong way to do things. And I go, I think that goes hand in hand with anything, with dating, with your career, with your money, with your travel. It's like it's personal to you. So if you want to do this fire um, thingy. Yeah. Thingy. Help. Um <laughs> great. If, if retiring at 35 is what you want because you want to put your feet up and have dogs and like passive income or whatever. Great. But some people like me, I want to act my whole life. So it's yeah, like, I'm not going to get tired of that, that. You know, that's so important is to like, be, be honest with yourself. So just going to like a little, little dabble into my, my personal therapy yes, um, over the last little while, because I, as, as you mentioned before, I'm like between Montreal and the East coast. And I'm like always on the go, always have a million ideas. I can speak to you about my next project that you'll, you'll fall off your chair at later. Oh, no, but I was, I was dating and I, I, I was with someone who was really great. Like who, who like ticked all the boxes, but just didn't have the same vision of, as I do of being like an aggressive investor in real estate. And I remember like, I wanted to go visit this. I wanted to show him where this, this new duplex was that I was looking at. And it was about 10 minutes from his house and he just could not be bothered to come look at it. And he was just like, I don't understand. You just bought three houses. Like, why do you need another one? And like, mm -hmm. just didn't understand what it was that I was coming at. And I, I ended up ending things with him and I was speaking to my therapist and I was trying to figure out what is wrong with me. I was like, what, what's wrong with me that I was with this really great person and that I just couldn't see past this. And she said, why is, why is there something wrong with you? Because you don't want like what this like person wants. Like he was completely fine with like the nine to five, like meat and potatoes, like raising a two kid family in the suburbs. And it's just, it's just not who I am. And there's nothing wrong with that. And she said, there's also nothing wrong with you. You just Literally. want different things. So you need to find the person that like wants to do this stuff with you and that like doesn't make it feel like it's a problem. Like to go like this, this was another issue is wondering why I always had to go back and forth between the two cities. And 
then I started dating someone that I met and uh, who, who just is like hyped up also is a remote worker. And I said, I'm going back to Montreal for three weeks. And he was like, can I come? And so he came. Right. It's like someone <laughs> and, who's on board with all of those things that make you, you. Exactly. And that's, that's why like it's your finances are personal to you. I think it's very difficult. Uh, I, I, I will be honest. It's very difficult to date someone that doesn't have at all the same alignment as you do. Yeah. It's a lot of conversations about money. Most relationships end because of money. Um, it is a very complex topic, but if you can find someone that like can be on the same kind of financial journey as you, like my partner and I currently are not like in the same financial area. I mean, I guess not too many people are in my like financial headspace, yeah, but like no, he's so no interested shit, in learning. <laughs> um, so we're actually <laughs> hilariously, um, hasn't, hasn't actually happened yet, but we're buying a winery together. <laughs> Okay, so that's the news. You're buying a winery together. So, Podsters, well, fuck, congrats. Can't wait to come work uh, there as the head bartender. Um, <laughs> or sommelier, I should uh, say. I mean, I was also going to say, could you be in our commercial? But okay, that too. <laughs> right, here I am, like, pushing my side hustle versus, like, my, I will absolutely do whatever you need me to do, Steph. Obsessed. But I'm thinking it, of the Moira Rose, Herb Hermlinger, and Chits Creek um, <laughs> moment right now. <laughs> Literally, we make fun of that. I love it. That's so huge. But before we get into that, it's funny because when I first reached out to you about doing this this recording, you were like, yeah, no, no, next week works great. I'm going to visit a winery tomorrow. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? So you are buying it with this guy. Yeah. 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 So, um, I, I was recovering from an eye surgery and I, I saw this opportunity and I had actually looked at it before I met my boyfriend and I was just like, Hey, it's just, it's too much for a single person to do. And like, it was also far outside of the city and it was just like in the province that I'm like, I have friends, but like not that much going. And it was just like, not the right opportunity at the right time. And then while I was browsing through the MLS, I saw that it was still for sale and like just sparking joy and finding people that want to do the same things as you do. I mean, it doesn't have to be your boyfriend or girlfriend or partner. It could be a friend. It could be whoever right. aligning yourself with, with people that are like-minded. And, and then I said, wouldn't it be crazy to buy a winery? Like, wouldn't that be so fun? And he was like, that would be awesome. How can we do this? Is there a way we can make this work? And then... <laughs> We looked more and more into it, and I flew out there because I'm in Montreal right now. And I flew out there with my half a good eye and went to go visit this place, thinking like maybe it won't be that great. And it ended up being like everything and more than we wanted. And there's going to be so much to do. Like, we're just in the offer stage right now. There's so much, like, with lawyers and like inspections and all kinds of stuff. But, like, just. It doesn't even matter whether the deal closes or not, but just more the like joy that I have out of having a partner that like wants to do these things with me. And that isn't like, why do you have to buy another house? Kind of. No, exactly. And that's like exactly what we're talking about, right? It's like for me, what sparks joy with that is like, oh my gosh, you can make that whatever you want it to be. Like you Mm -hmm. can start your own wine label. You know what I mean? It's like, you don't know, like the kind of purchasing a property that's not just a house that's not just a rental you know you know you said beachfront that was the goal you checked that box and now here you are like you could be quitting your tech job next year and running a winery full-time like you just don't know exactly yeah yeah oh I love that that. I'm so excited for you that it's that's the thing is like if I would have said like that just like to kind of reconnect with with the podsters right now that might not be buying a winery, <laughs> um, but like just to think if I would have said to Stephanie who was on the podcast in 2021 that this is how your next like two years year and a half are gonna play out I would have been like how am I doing that like how like what how is that even possible and I think that that's why going back to the whole bedroom example it's just taking it bit by bit at first it was just my condo and then it was just the beach property and then it was just like finding the partner that will align with me financially and then it was just buying a winery but um 
finding all the ways to make things work because I was like, Hey, well, how do we, how do we pay this much for a place without putting any of our own money into it? And just us researching how to do that. Like, where can we go? Who will lend us money? There's all these young farmer loans, there's grants, there's this, there's that, there's the other. So again, tying back to the room example is finding ways to make it work. Um, that's probably the most important thing to do with our finances. Yeah, no, I love how you've tied it all in. And something that's kind of jumping out at me is like, we're talking about sparking joy and we're seeing the other side of the spectrum as like sadness or depression or negativity. But I almost see it as fear. And it's like, when you have fear, like fear can be exciting. Like whenever I get nervous to go on stage, I'm never mad at myself because I'm like, that's because I care. I'm nervous about this audition because I care. I think there's a great element of that. But then there's the other side of the spectrum where it's like debilitating stage fright. You can't go out there, right? Because it's fear. So it's like, yeah. when we can eliminate the fear with our finances, with our future, with the winery, with, with, you know, saying no to that person and yes to this person and like figuring out what the fuck we actually want we're winning. So what is one tip, Steph, that we can leave with the podsters about eliminating that fear? Because I feel like that's what happens with everyone. That's what happened with me. I came to you like, I don't, I, I, I'm an idiot. Like, I don't even know what to do. And you were like, teeny, you have this in your savings. You come from parents that like had their shit together. Like, I remember you said all the things that I did have. And I was like, yeah, oh, wow, here I am focusing on the fact that I don't have a house or emergency funds or this, that, and the other. So how do we eliminate that fear? Is it knowledge? Is it just jumping in? Like, what? where do you start with that? I think that's, like, it's a bit of both of those. So I think that the biggest thing with our finances, why most people tell me that they aren't pulling the trigger on investing or on starting to just improve their finances is that they have what's what's referred to as analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. You have so many options, like we're so overstimulated as humans that there's so many things in front of us that we just don't know what is like a right decision. And you're talking about eliminating fear. And I don't think it's possible to eliminate it because I still have fear every day. Like last night, I was, well, today, I guess, I was up until 5 a.m. because I couldn't sleep because I was thinking but yeah. everything that could go wrong with the winery, like everything that I could financially ruin myself and everyone who's investing and all of these things. And this morning, well, I actually, I texted my boyfriend and he was still up for some reason um, at like two and he called me and he was like, what is it that you're afraid of? Because I feel like there's probably an answer to everything. We can do some research about all these things that you're afraid of. So when you're scared of investing or you're scared of like tackling your debt, or you're scared of changing your structure, I do think that knowledge and information does help you so much. And then at one point, when we have as much knowledge and information as we can possibly gather, because there's no way we'll ever know everything. I don't know everything. No one knows everything. At one point, you will have to kind of just like get on the stage. Like you'll have to just move one foot in front of the other. Otherwise, like you'll never, you'll never have the chance to grow. Like there are people that will just never leave their comfort zone, but then they'll also be like 65 years old and not capable of retiring because they never address their, their spending habits. So it's the, that little kind of first step. Once you get your, your feet moving, like being on a bike, you just kind of keep rolling along. (laughs) Yeah. And if I can give any advice to tie it in is like when we started together and when I finally started not that I, you know, didn't have savings or anything or not that I cared. I just was at, you know, that mid twenties point of like, well, fuck, I didn't start when I was 21. So what do I do now? And it's like, once I took an interest and once I really started and I was reading the wealthy barber and I was like, okay, like I'm into this now. Like this is sparking joy for me. This is kind of fun. And then I'll like take all my bottles back to the LCBO and sorry, the beer store and make like $20, which some people are like, that is the most tedious, ridiculous thing you could do on the planet. But you want to know what it is for me, Steph, is I know that these bottles are being recycled properly, which brings me joy because I'm psycho about the environment. And then, (laughs) so I'm like, Ooh, I'm helping. Yeah. Look at me. And then I'm also like, okay, there's 10, 15, $20. I'm going to go put that on my Starbucks account now. So when I have Starbucks and I pay $5 for a coffee, I don't feel so bad about it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, 
I honestly, I do that too. I collect I bottles at the Airbnb. <laughs> like I have a recycling center right next to the Airbnb. I'm not even joking. I can walk and it's rural. It's like in the country and I can walk to it. Right. And I just literally you? roll up with my bin and I'm like, I just made 20 bucks that I wouldn't have gotten anyways. Uh, right. So and you can go buy a centerpiece lo- for the table with that, you know? Exactly. And like learning, learning new things all the time. Like I, like my whole TikTok feed, my whole TikTok feed is like random ways you can make money. And I think that it's just about like how, what you expose yourself to. You can spend an hour scrolling TikTok and watching like Alex Earl do her makeup, or you could have a news feed that has a bit of Alex Earl, but also random people that are teaching you how to make more money, how to, um, how to negotiate your debt. Like, did you know that you could negotiate your debt if you feel like you can't pay it back. There are all kinds of things. And there's so many things that we can learn um, if we take an interest in it. And it doesn't all have to be like, you're not reading a textbook like about formulas. Like that sucks. No one wants to do that. But like even maybe don't listen to investing advice on TikTok, but like there's so many ways to learn. (laughs) For sure. And it's like, it's overstimulation, of course, but we can also use it to our advantage too, right? So I think that's an amazing place to end. Otherwise, this will just become a therapy session about me and my money, (laughs) which is fine, too. Um, Speaking of TikTok, where can the podsters find you on TikTok and Instagram? Uh, So my my username is the same on Instagram and TikTok. It's at The Finance Diaries because um, I'm opening up the secret diary of finances to you. So yes, and your podcast as well. Your podcast as well is called The Finance Diaries, available wherever you listen to podcasts. So is this show. You guys know where to find me at Teeny Time on Instagram. I also started my Are You Okay Today 2023 stuff, where I post my daily peak, which is tr- like, it's tricky. Like, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes by the end of the day, I'm like, okay, what was the high? Like this was kind of a mundane day. So it's been a really big challenge for me to do that, but I'm, I'm happy to keep sharing and I'm sure some people are enjoying it. And some people probably think I'm a psycho that my joy is taking a part of chicken. Um, but yeah, (laughs) do you love it? Good. I'm glad you support me. So thank you guys so much for tuning in, Steph. I'm so proud of you. Congrats on the winery and we will talk soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Ciao, podsters.